Holly G with the Golf Insiders, December 9th, and we're still talking about golf. And we got some big golf this week. The U.S. Women's Open, yes, in Houston, Texas. And we're going to break it down with Jeff Babineau from the Morning Read. Hey, Babs. Hey, Holly G. Well, it's exciting. We've got a major, the U.S. Women's Open. And that's going to be followed next week with the LPGA's final, their version of the FedEx Cup, the CME Group Tour Championship, which happens in Naples. So we've got two big weeks for the LPGA here as we're closing out uh, December and 2020. Yeah, I mean, two huge weeks for the LPGA. You know, this week with the Women's Open, I mean, I guess it kind of puts a bow around what a strange year this has been to be playing a U.S. Women's Open in December, but you know, the good news is we're playing a U.S. Women's Open, and and we're going to get that in. Uh, they followed up with another big week at CME with a huge purse for the winner there. So, yeah, two real real big weeks for the LPGA with a lot on the line, a little history on the line, and and their Player of the Year races on the line. Yeah. So right now um, we've got. Daniel Kang, Danielle Kang, uh, from the USA, sitting at the top of the um, season points. And, um, you know, we've got uh, one, two, three, four, five sitting, Americans sitting in the top 10. Uh, we've seen a couple of great bounce back years for some very popular LPGA players, including Stacey Lewis and Lydia Ko. Yeah, for sure. Stacey Lewis winning in Scotland, winning for the first time as a mom. Um, yeah, Lydia, I mean, did you say Lydia Coe? I mean, great bounce back year for her. Just class act. I, always, uh, I went to the, uh, the KPMG uh, Women's PGA, which is at Aronimic this year, and it was cool to see Lydia back in the mix, uh, just kind of finding. So she's working with Sean Foley a little bit now, Orlando guy, and and kind of finding her uh, some of her game, you know, getting it back. So, yeah, it's part of golf. You know, you struggle, and and do you do you find your way back? That's one of the stories we always look for, and and when players do that, it's uh, fun to cover. Yes, and uh, one of uh, the more popular players as well, not having one of her better seasons, Lexi Thompson is uh, putting both a new putter in play, and she's got a new caddy on her bag for the u.s open this week yeah she's got tim tucker on her bag it was on the bag for bryson dechambeau when he won at wingfoot so that's pretty rare that a caddy could pull off a u.s open double wow uh huge for the bank account right i mean 10 percent. i mean the the purse this week at the women's open is 5.5 million which is it's really good that's that's probably the most they would pay play for this year i would have to believe and um so that's good. Tim Tucker has, a, has the double shot there. He's good green reader. Uh, you know, Lexi's a good ball striker. That's not the rough there is very manageable. So she could be a little wild off the tee on the two courses there, playing at Champions Golf Club, and uh, you know she could have a good week. She's 25 years old. I thought the amazing stat of the week. She's playing in her 14th Women's Open. Yeah, you just said that, just and incredible. I went, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. So, uh, but it tell, I mean, we kind of get numb to the fact that 
she's been around so long and still is this young. Uh, similar to, I guess, with Michelle Wee. And, and, you know, Michelle Wee stepped up and got her Women's Open. So maybe Lexi Thompson will step up and get hers. She did. Speaking of Michelle Wee West, as we know her uh, by her married name now, uh, she's been spending a little bit time uh, commentating with Golf Channel, but she says she hopes to be back on the LPGA Tour next season. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, that would be great. I mean, I, I think it's it's good for players sometimes when they have a break to get in the booth and watch some golf. And I think it really refreshes you. And, it, and if you really love the game, which, you know, hopefully Michelle really does love the game, you want to get right back out there. And She's young enough, and she's got plenty of length. Um, and she's played under the spotlight her whole life, so that's nothing new. Her coming back will get a lot of attention. She's... She's still one of those players that really moves the needle like, like a few others. Um, I was actually watching highlights of her 2014 U.S. Women's Open win at Pinehurst and really watching her down the stretch, forgot how emotional that was. So uh, that was a great win. She hit some great shots down the stretch, and, and uh, I hope she does get back in the mix. I think that'd be really good for women's, women's golf. Yeah, absolutely. What other players do you have your eye on for this, this week? Well, you mentioned Danielle Kang. She's a really good ball striker. I think she's pretty mentally tough. Uh, I think she's going to be in there. You know, one player, a couple players uh, from Korea that kind of one's been under the spotlight, out of the spotlight this year. Jin Young Ko, she's still the number one player in the world. She just, uh, during the pandemic, kind of stayed home in Korea. So she has just come over the last few weeks here in the U.S. She played uh, well in Texas last week had a top 10. And like I say, she's still the number one player in the world. And then the hottest player would be Se Young Kim, who won her major. She's basically regarded as probably the best player without a major, but she won the KPMG Women's PGA a few months back, uh, you know, outside of Philadelphia. So th those would be two big players to watch. And of course, hey, there'll be a big spotlight on Lexi and to see what she does. And then, you know, the top American is Nellie Corda who's coming back from a back injury, uh, has been out a couple months, so she's kind of taking it slowly, so we'll just see how she progresses this week. Yeah, and she's, um, she's uh, like, uh, I mean, amazingly, she's uh, just outside the top 10 in the um, uh, race to the CME, so, you know, despite uh, a, a low number of events, I think it's been 10. Now, of course, you know, COVID's factored in there, but, um, you know, has, has still maintained a pretty good position in the standings. Yeah, she, she was at Aronimic to play that major a couple months back and tried cracking her back, and uh, it didn't go well. She had a WD there. I think she expected to bounce right back, but it's been pretty slow. Uh, I saw an interview with her yesterday. She was talking about maybe playing for the last week or, week or so. I think she's taking it slow leading into this tournament so you know expectations probably aren't going to be that high for her even though she's the number three player in the world and sometimes we see these players perform at their best when expect expectations aren't really there so you know just let it fly this week and play nice and free and loose and we'll see what she can do well we're going to see the best of the lpga on a fantastic golf course the champions golf club in houston texas and not only is this the first u.s women's open in december 
but it's also the first to be played on two golf courses. Babs, that's, that's right. pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah, the Jackrabbit and the Cypress, uh, Cypress Creek, two really good golf courses. Um, they're, they're different, so that's going to be interesting. You know, uh, they'll play the Jackrabbit. I think it's a little bit easier, but it's it's tight, and the greens are smaller. And, and Cypress, um, you know, it's longer. It has the big greens. Greens are running fast, but you can have some really long putts out there. So lag putting is a huge key this week. It's not a matter, you know, you think U.S. Open, you think about hitting greens, but you have to hit the right quadrants in these greens to give yourself manageable putts. Otherwise, you're looking at trying to two putt from 60 and 70 feet, and that can make for a long week. So you know, a lot of history there. Jimmy Demerit and uh, Jack Burke, two Masters champions, started that club in the 50s, and it's, uh, it's a great players club. A lot of really good players there in the Houston area play out of champions. And uh, it's, it's a real treat to watch a, a U.S. Women's Open there. It's, I think the players are really excited uh, to have the opportunity to play. Yeah, of, of course, um, you know, we've got a daylight issue because it's December. Uh, but, uh, you know, it will be great to, to watch it uh, on TV. Uh, I believe the Golf Channel is, is uh, right. you know, is covering it. And, uh, you know, these women are worth watching for sure. Speaking of worth watching, um, we watched Victor Hovland uh, post his second tour win over the weekend um shooting uh i think it was a 65 nailing that 14 foot putt on the 18th to beat aaron wise uh good good tournament there and uh boy victor another guy in that class of 2019 babs yeah there's some powerhouses in that group it's funny i was kind of doing a a wrap-up column today for a project for the pga tour and uh that class of 19 i mean i I can remember talking to the guys who played in the 80s, you know, Payne Stewart and Mark O'Meara, you know, got young guys who came up through Orlando, maybe a Brad Saxon, he was here. It, it was intimidating to step out there on the PGA Tour. You know, you were going against, you know, these great players you watch every week. You know, Nicholas was out there and Curtis Strange and Trevino and Raymond Floyd, and they were tough characters, you know. It was intimidating to be a young player. And we see these young kids step right out of college, some of them, you know, leaving before their senior seasons, and there's no intimidation at all. They are just ready to roll. You know, Colin Morikawa won a major in his second major start. Um, he watched Matthew Wolf in the hunt on Sunday at a really tough golf course at Wingfoot, finishing second to Bryson DeChambeau, and then Hovland here just winning again for a second time. He's He's a terrific ball striker. His ball striking is going to keep him in a lot of tournaments, same as Morikawa. And on weeks when they have the hot putter, uh, they're going to really contend. So I love the fact that these guys just jump right in and they're already collecting trophies. And, you know, Victor Hovland does it with a huge smile on his face too. So, you know, great personality for the tour, and and he's going to be a great champion, I think. So uh, speaking of uh, champions, uh We've also got one big title left across the pond, the race to Dubai, and uh, the PGA champion Colin Morikawa is uh, heading over to play in uh, the European's, uh, you know, season ender. 
And Patrick Reed is the points leader. He could become the first American to claim the title of European number one. Yeah, I mean, I think of the, those four guys in the mix that could win the points title, I think, and, and I would probably believe Patrick Reed's probably playing the best of them. Although, you know, uh, Morikawa certainly will go there with some confidence, too. It was funny. He was on top of that points table and had never teed it up in Europe. So. Right. Yeah, it was How does kind of that happen? So yeah, but it's but I'm glad he's over there playing in the finale. You know, he can make a lot of money over there. And uh, same as Patrick Reed. You know, Patrick Reed's been very loyal to the, the playing a two tour schedule. He you has. Know, yeah. So I, you know, I give him a lot of credit. You know, a lot of these guys they want to be world players, and Patrick Reed, you know, he walks the walk. He gets on a plane and heads all the way over there, and and I think he'll be the favorite this week, which is kind of interesting. Uh, so his game's in decent shape. You know, 10th place finish at the Masters. Uh, he's been working with David Ledbetter. He, he, is, uh, he and his former coach, Kevin Kirk, haven't been working together. So uh, he's got a little, uh, you know, another Orlando flavor there with David Ledbetter helping him out. And, and it'll be interesting to see what happens this week and how he plays. Curious, uh, Babs, what, what are in, in your uh... – retrospect here with the you know aside from covid what what's the what's the biggest surprise in terms of uh, you know person you thought would uh perhaps break through this year a major champion that didn't materialize what are your uh pluses and minuses of the of the season yeah i mean I mean, certainly one, I don't know if you call it a big surprise, but it was kind of nice to see Dustin Johnson just blossom at 36 and get his Masters. I mean, he's a, he's a guy with so much talent. You know, there's a lot of players that have one major to their credit. Uh, not a lot. I think it's usually like 80% might have of major winners win one. So it's tough to kind of jump into that next subset and win multiple majors. So... That was, that was, you know, I wouldn't say it's a huge surprise. It was just kind of nice to see. Uh, I think Kepka, Bruce Brooks Kepka's year was a little surprising. He wasn't quite healthy the whole way around. And and the fact that we got Rory McIlroy through another season without winning a major. You know, you go back to 2014 with him. He's been stuck on four majors. So those are some of the surprises. Maybe Tony Finau with his game not winning. Uh, this year, he still has the one win in Puerto Rico, and that guy just has, you know, mounds of talent not to be collecting a lot of trophies. So I think part of that tells you how tough it is to win out there. But, you know, as you say, it's kind of a mix. You look at the year, and you look at the good performers, and then you look at the guys like a Brooks Kepka or Ricky or maybe a Jordan Spieth who didn't have the best of it, best effort this year, and they'll, they'll look to bounce back pretty soon. We are – Four months away from the Masters. Yeah, that's crazy. It is crazy. Um, let's uh, tee it up. What do you think? <laughs> um. <laughs> well, I mean, you know what? I I I think Bryson DeChambeau will be just as interesting going back there. I think he learned some things. Um, I think he's got to dial in some things. I mean, he left there talking about kind of dialing in his golf ball. I mean, you saw him hit shots over greens and just stuff there where you know uh distance control is huge at that golf course and so he had a he didn't feel that well you know he had kind of a touch of the bug and so everyone looked at him as having a hugely disappointing week but i think he learned a lot and the fact that you bounce right back and you're there in 
five months' time, which will be historic, you know, playing back-to-back Masters. Um, so the guys are left there with a little momentum. I mean, they'll be they'll be back soon. And Justin Thomas didn't break 70 on the weekend and finished fourth. He's going to be right back there. He's convinced he's going to be the next guy wearing a green jacket. And Tiger finished hot, even though he made his 10 on Sunday. He had that hot finish, and that's something that'll be in his mind when he gets there in April. So, and even uh, Rory rallied back after that horrible exactly, opening round. Exactly. Yeah, Rory, Rory, 75 in the first round might have been the most disappointing round of the year, considering everybody was breaking par. So he, I think he figured things, some things out, just going out there and letting it fly, you know, not being so tentative like he was in that first round. So I just think all these people, you know, usually you learn some things there, and then you have to wait a whole year to apply them. This time around, it's five months, you're right back there, and these guys will be eager to get there. Uh, any news or are you hearing anything about when fans will be back? No, I've heard rumblings of maybe a crowd of seven, 8,000 at the Players, which is in May now. Um, you know, in April, maybe limited fans at Augusta. I mean, I think we just need to see how it plays out. I, I was talking to a tournament director they have, like, different plans. I mean, they have a plan with no fans, a plan with all their fans, and a plan with, you know, half the place full. So, you know, maybe Augusta does 50% in April. Who knows? Um, so I think we I'm just sure they're looking it. at it. You know, I mean, the numbers aren't good. So I think, you you know, the, the tour got through this year because it was very smart, very safe, and, and made some really wise decisions. So... Uh, as much as they want to get fans back, I don't think you can rush it. I mean, I think you have to make sure you're ready to have them back. So, right. you know, that's you proceed with caution. That's how you have to do it. Well, um, we have been treated to a lot of, uh, lot of golf this fall, a lot of great golf, two majors and another major. This week, the LPGA, the U.S. Women's Open, conducted by the USGA in Houston, Texas. So tune in to see the best women golfers in the world. Babs, always great to have you on the show. Check out all of his great stories at themorningread.com. Thank you, Babs. Good stuff. Thank you, Holly G. Go Bills.